Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Before we get started, uh, I do want to encourage you to pick up your copy of What Made the Golden Age Shine. In it, I explain what made the Golden Age of Entertainment so special. It is available uh, for all major e-readers, either through Amazon, for the Kindle, the Nook uh, store, or at smashwords.com. Uh, also this week, uh, we take a bit of a sci-fi uh, turn as we review a modern radio drama, Charlotte Pollard, Box Set 1. Well, now it's time for our two episodes of Police Headquarters for the week. Here's Episode 28, uh, Retired, and Episode 29, No Learning. Police Headquarters. I'm sorry, Lieutenant Owens is on special duty tonight at the Ritz Hotel. Police Headquarters. Lieutenant, I see this fellow's got you working for him tonight, too. Oh, hello, Mullins. How's the boys? Okay, Lieutenant. How's things down at headquarters? Oh, about the same, Mullins. How's it with you? Oh, one of these hotel dig jobs is a cinch, Lieutenant. I'd rather be back in the riot squad. <laughs> if I don't have some exception on this job before long, I'll make the commissioner put me back in the old job again. <laughs> ah, you'll soon get your fill of it. This was your speed, Tim. Watching for a jewel snatcher at a swell party. Uh, yeah? Come on, Tim, spill it. What's the matter? Uh, nothing except the hotel tells me to roam around this affair, keep my eyes open so none of these swells don't lose their sparklers. And this guy, Van de Grist, comes up to me and he says, the help is supposed to stand over by the door. <laughs> yeah, I can see what burns you up, Tim. I ain't got no use for guys like that living on his wife's money. Uh, what are you doing here tonight, Lieutenant? Uh, Mrs. Van de Grist called the commissioner this afternoon and requested someone from the detective bureau to look over the party this evening. Definitely, she wasn't impressed by the hotel protection. Nah, I never seen the day I couldn't handle something that'd take ten of you punks to take care of. <laughs> hey, where's that scream from? Oh, over there with the problem. Oh, come on. Hey, let, let, let us through here. Will you pardon us, please? Now, what happened over here? My wife has fainted. Well, yeah, what caused her to scream? I don't know. I was... Oh, my brooch! My diamond brooch! It's gone! Uh, who took it? Oh, I don't know. I was standing over there. But, Marta, you... perhaps you got Now, wait a minute, Mr. Vandegrift. Let's, uh, let your wife tell her story. Go ahead, ma'am. Well, I, I was standing over there by that curtain, showing the brooch to some friends. I had just pinned it onto my dress when a hand reached out from behind that curtain and tore it loose. See? My dress is torn right here in front. I see. But, Martha, was you... Was it a very valuable pin, ma'am? Not so terribly valuable, officer. I value it more as an heirloom. How much would it cost to replace it? Oh, I don't suppose it'd be more than a, worth more than a thousand dollars. And that uh, string of pearls you're wearing, ma'am, uh, what are they worth? Well, you you embarrass me in front of all these people, officer. I'm sorry, ma'am. I had a special reason in asking that question. Well, they cost me, well, that is, Henry, 
Oh, $10,000. And the thief made no attempt to grab them? No, officer. I, I can't defend it. Well, maybe I can. Uh, will you show us just where you were standing, ma'am? Come along, Lieutenant. I got some ideas, and I'd like to see what you think of them. All right, then. Now, I uh, I was standing right uh, right here. And the thief reached out from behind this curtain? Huh? Yes. And did you get a look at his face? No, I didn't. I just saw his hand. It seemed to be clutching at my throat. I screamed, and, and then I, I must have fainted. Now, ma'am, you get back to your party and let us work on this thing. There's no cause for any excitement, and... If any of your guests feel uh, uneasy, they can they can put their valuables in the hotel safe. Very well, officer. You've been very kind. Oh, and I do hope that you'll be able to recover the pin. You see, I was going to give it to my niece for her graduation. Oh, you were uh, going to give it to your niece? Yes. You see, she has always admired the pin. Well, and... you just uh, let us work now, ma'am. We'll have a report for you before the party breaks up. Thank you, officer. Oh, dear, I, I feel so trembly. Henry! Well, you took the investigation right out of my hands, Tim. I just wanted to show you, Tim, that even though I'm retired, I'm still as good as any of you boys. <laughs> All right. You've been off a chunk of trouble. And we'll let you handle this case, and if you run up against the wall, don't come running to headquarters. Don't worry. Come on. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to find that dame's diamond pin. <laughs> what do you expect to find behind those curtains? Dust. You see, I know the employees of this hotel better than you do, Lieutenant. They wouldn't think of dust behind the curtains in a million years. Huh. What is it? Just what I thought. See this radiator? Yeah. There's a cover on it. This cover probably hasn't been dusted since it was put on. Well, what's that got to do with it? Just this. This jewel snatcher, whoever he was, was hiding behind this curtain. He probably had to wait quite a while until someone come near enough to let him grab a sparkler and scram by these back stairs. Right. He'd probably get tired, standing, so he looked for a place to sit down. Right. You see that spot in the dust? That's where the guy sat while he was waiting. Oh, I see what you're up to. You're going to line up the gentleman guests and ask them to lift their coattails. The one that has dust on the seat of his trousers is going to be clapped in the jug, huh? All right. Now, stop rising me, Lieutenant. You know as well as I do that none of these swells pulled that job. Why, they're all wearing more jewelry than Mrs. Vandergrift's lost. Oh, what's so significant about the dust? Nothing, except that to uh, hoist himself up here on this radiator cover, the guy we're after had to use his hands. You put rising me and take a close look at this cover, you'll see prints of both hands. Perfect prints. Just what we need. Hmm. It's over, you're right, Mullins. I beg your pardon. For uh, what? I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, have you gentlemen uh, uh, found anything? You're darn right. We just the same as found the life history and picture of the guy who stole your wife's pin. Hey, stay away from those prints. What are you trying to do, smear them up? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, get a fingerprint man from headquarters to check these up, Lieutenant, while I stay here and sort of look after him. I got a hunch that these prints will tell us everything we want to know. <laughs> Well, the prints belong to Gentleman Jim Bradley. Gentleman Jim, huh? When did he get out of the big house? The first of last month. I suppose you put out an order to pick him up. They'll have him by morning. Oh? Yeah, this is a hotel detective. What? What? All right, I'll be right down. What is it? I guess I'm getting what I asked for tonight. One of the guests just took a header out of a 14-story window. Come on. Who was it? I didn't know. Let's, uh, let's take these stairs. They will shoot us right out onto the street. Yeah, right here. Yeah, all right, open up here. Let us through, will you? Come on, get back. Holy smoke, Lieutenant, look. Gentlemen, Jim Bradley. Yeah, and it wasn't much of a job to find him. Well, there's one jailbird who'll never fly again. Come on, let's search him for the diamond.
Bradley didn't have the diamond on him, it's probably in his room here. Shut the door. I'm beginning to believe that he isn't the man we're after. How about the fingerprint? Sure he is. Say, that's funny. What? This uh, slipper up here. Oh, what's funny about that? We found the other one in the street. Yeah, but I was thinking... Say, gentleman Jim didn't suicide. That's where I've been wrong. Why, if he'd have jumped out, why, we'd have found both slippers in the street. But if he'd been hit on the head and tossed out, one of the slippers could have easily come off while the killer was dragging his body to the window. Quick, get Tommy Woods on that phone for me, will you? Hey, what's Tommy for? Now, Tommy knows more about what goes on in this town between midnight and morning than the town itself. When you get him, I'll talk to him. And then you chase down to room 826 and get Saul Evanson out of bed. He'll yell his head off, but get him up here. I've got a job for him. All right, Tim. You got me all mixed up, but it's your case. Yeah, just do as I say, that's all. I think I'll have an arrest for you. Okay. Well, thanks, Tommy. Yeah, you've told me all I need to know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we got a pretty good case on him. I'll let you know. Come in. So what's the big idea, Tim? Here I am, sleeping soundly, and this guy breaks in and says you want to see me. So what's the idea, huh? Yeah, you'll find out. You're the best diamond expert in town, so all I want your advice on something. At 12 o'clock at night? Three, I'm going back to bed. Oh, no, you're not. You wait here. Now, that'll be Mr. Vandergoost. I sent a boy to ask him to come down. Now, open the door, Lieutenant. Well, did someone, uh... Oh. Yes, come on in, Mr. Vandergrist. Uh, we want to talk to you. But my wife is giving a party. I, I uh, really should. This ain't according to law, Vandergrift. Uh, yeah, what was the idea? Yeah, what? search him out, You can't do this while you're black you ruffians. I, well, I, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Yeah, you found it, did you? Yeah. Yeah. That's the diamond pin, all right. You can't do this. It's a poor time to be telling us. Here, take a look at this rock saw. What's it worth? Oh, it's a pretty nice setting. Of him, I'd say twenty dollars. Quite claims it's worth one grand. It might be if it was real. I'll call my lawyer. Uh, you... Yeah, you won't call nobody until we tell you you can. Where'd you get this rock? I won't say a thing until I see my lawyer. All right, I'll tell you. You lead a pretty wild life, Andergrist. You haven't got a dime of your own. You spend what your wife gives you, but uh, that isn't enough for the kind of party you fling. So you hire gentleman Jim Bradley to steal your wife's diamond pin. Now, you're going to stay locked in this room until we make a little visit upstairs. I'm not. I tell you, I'm not. No? Come on, boy. Well, maybe you know what you're up to, but you're liable to get in an awful jam. Who lives there? The Vandergrist. They got nearly the entire wing. I wish you'd tell me what this is all about. I'm sorry to disturb you, Miss Vandergrift, but uh, we've just received word that all your jewels have been stolen out of your safe. Why, I'm sure that they haven't. I was just... I wonder if uh, you'd mind looking again, ma'am. Why, certainly not. Come in. The safe's right over here. Oh, but I'm sure there must be some mistake. You see? They're all here. Everything. I see this diamond necklace. Why, yes. Take a look at it, Saul. What's it worth? Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars? Why, I'll have you know that... Paste, lady. Paste? Look at this other stuff, Saul. Hmm. Uh-huh. Same thing. Hey. Why? Mrs. Vandergrist, I'm sorry to tell you, but your jewels have been stolen. And to uh, keep you from finding it out, these imitation stones were replaced in the original sentence. Now, if you'll lend us your cooperation, I think we'll be able to apprehend the criminal. What? What do you want me to do? Just sign this complaint here. We'll do the rest. Well, I really should consult my husband. I don't believe that's necessary, ma'am. Well? There. Thank you, ma'am. We'll uh, have some news for you within an hour. Yeah, what?
What in heaven's name are you up to? So I'm too old to be in the force, huh? <laughs> you young punks would have had a swell time with this case. Oh, I haven't got it straight yet. Yeah, easy. This guy, Vandergrist, needed money. His wife wouldn't give him any more, so he's been steadily stealing her jewels and replacing them with imitations. But why did he have gentleman Jim Bradley steal the pin if it was worthless? And because his wife was going to give it to her niece. The niece would have probably discovered the imitation and told the old lady. Yeah, but why did Vandergrift shove gentleman Jim Bradley out of the window? Uh, it'll be hard to prove that, but he he knew that we'd get Bradley sooner or later and that Bradley would squeal. Well, come on, Lieutenant. There's work to be done. Say, officer, please, can I go to bed? Call the police, ma'am? Yes, I called. What's wrong? Well, there's an awful smell of gas coming up to my room. Where? Right here. I run the rooming house, and all morning long I've been smelling gas. Can't seem to find out where it's coming from. Why didn't you call the gas company? Because I want you to look into old Dad Higgins' tailor shop. I'd be coming from there, and I don't see Dad up and about. All right. Come on, Max. Let's see if we can find where the gas is coming from. Right. I never knew Dad Higgins to be so late getting up. He's usually up long before this. Always oh, seems sitting in the window there when I go to the store. Is this the, the door to his place? Uh, yes, and my rooms are right upstairs. The old duffer must be out. Hmm, this is where the gas is coming from, all right, Mac. Yeah, it smells like it. Say, what? What's in the chair there in the back room? Where? Why, that's him. That's Mr. Higgins. In there and all that gas. All right, give me a hand here. Right. Got right. uh, it. No, I won't budge. Stand back. Uh. All right, come on. Hey, look out for the gas, Ed. <coughs> Use your handkerchief. <laughs> come on, we got to get this old man out of here. <laughs> Where's the gas coming from? That stove, probably. <laughs> shut it off. Okay. Better shut it off at the pipe. <laughs> there. Okay. All right, now give me a hand here. All right, here we go. Well, you better carry him right out on the street. Yeah. <laughs> All right, don't crowd in around here. Open up. Just lay him down on the sidewalk, Ed. Some of you rubbernecks are going to call into the fire department. We'll need an inhalator. Hurry it up. How's he look, Ed? Yeah, he looks like a goner. Body's cold. Maybe like in circulation. Here, I'll work his lungs. See if you can find some water. All right, I'll be right back. But you're wasting your time. All right, hold on. That doesn't concern you. All right, back there. Stand working on him any longer. He's dead and we carried him out. What if you stay with him until the ambulance comes? Okay. Come on, Max. Where are you going? Inside the store. Look around. Had time to tear out again. Yeah. Gas makes me feel sick. Poor old fellow. Probably down in the mouth and blue. Well, I have to get pretty despondent to do a thing like that. Yeah. All right, be careful with the glass here. You better shut what's left of the door to keep that crowd of rubbernecks out. Phew, there's plenty left here. 
Maybe you better open one of those windows and let some fresh air in. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. I guess you better leave him alone until the lieutenant gets here. You know how he yells when we disturb anything. Yeah. Hey, what's that over there on the table? Huh? I don't know. Looks like a note. Uh, it is a note. Yeah, let me see it. Life has become a burden to me. I'm getting old and have no reason to live any longer. The only one who has been kind to me is Peter Torrance. I leave him all I have. I'm Dad Higgins. Well, I guess that settles that. Yeah, I guess so. We broke in on him here. I had a feeling that maybe everything wasn't on the level, but I guess that note settles everything. Well, anyway, it's the lieutenant's job to investigate these cases. Our job is riding around looking them up for him. Uh, who's that, the lieutenant? No, it's Burke. Uh, where's the lieutenant, Burke? Let's call down on a murder. Sent me over to tell you boys to handle this yourself. Make a full report before you have the radio put you back in service. Uh, what happened? Uh, some old man got tired of living and bumped himself off. Uh, Took gas. That must have been him I saw him carting out in the general hospital ambulance when I drove up. Yeah. Well, you got the lieutenant's message. I'm going home and get some sleep. I was up all night making fingerprints off the hotel safe, only to find out that the clerk himself took the dough. Well, I'll be seeing you. Hey, wait a minute, Burke. What do you want? Have you got your fingerprint outfit with you? Yeah, but... Hey, uh, I, I wonder if you'd uh, see what you can find on that gas valve there. Hey, I'm due at home. Well, just, I, uh... It'll just take a minute or so. I don't think that there's anything wrong here, and if... If you find old Dad Higgins' prints on that gas valve, I'll know there's nothing wrong. Yeah, but if you think I'm going to make a trip down to the morgue to take his impressions so I can check him up, you're crazy. Now, that won't be necessary. I imagine you'll find plenty of his prints all over the place here. Try those irons on the shelf there. Hey, uh, Mac. Yeah? Will you chase upstairs and get that room and house woman who called in on the case? Yeah, sure thing. Hello, boy. Well, what'd you find, Bert? Uh, what do you think I am, a magician? Give me some time. You're worse than a lieutenant. Every time there's a suicide, he takes a prince everybody living within a five-mile radius. <laughs> well, that's your game, isn't it? Yeah, but not taking them in droves. Yeah. And I hope you're satisfied. What'd you find? Nothing. Nothing? You heard me. The valve's as clean as a pin. One of you dummies probably smeared whatever prints were on it. And uh, that's where you're wrong. I had Ed shut it off at the pipe, not at the burner. Was the corpse wearing gloves? Of course not. No prints, huh? That's funny. How about the door? Locked on the inside, both of them. The windows? All locked, tight in a safe. Uh, look here. Uh, dead cat. Yeah. Must have been Higgins' cat. Looks like he set some milk out for it just before he turned on the gas. Funny he'd do that. Hey, where do you think you are, Ed? On the detective detail? Well, the lieutenant said to investigate this, didn't he? Yeah, but he didn't say to go building up any hypothetical cases. Listen, Ed, when a guy gets bumped off, you got to have a motive, the means of doing the job, and a criminal. You ain't got nothing but a dead cat. Well, maybe I'll surprise you. I got a suicide note, too. And you got me wasting my time around here? Take the note to headquarters and check it suicide. I'm going home. Hey, just a minute. Would you take a look at that transom above the back door there for me? Eh, all right, but that's all. What do you want me to look for? I don't know. But if the killer... Oh, theorizing again, huh? Well, if Dad Higgins was killed, that's the only place the murderer could get out after he bolted both doors from the inside. Then he could close the transom after him and snap the lock. Got it all figured out, huh? Well... What'd you find? I got to hand you for one thing, anyway. There was someone crawling over this transom recently. I can see where the dust's been wiped away. Any prints? No prints. Well, that's that. Thanks, Burke. I'll buy a cigar sometime. I'll probably be too old to smoke it. 
Oh, 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 pardon me, ma'am. I didn't see you. Oh, here's the lady who called us that. Thank you. Uh, what's your name, ma'am? Dugan. Mrs. Dugan. And I've been living here for... Uh, how well did you know Dad Higgins? Well, as anyone, I reckon. Uh, he didn't get about much. Uh, stayed in the shop here most of the time. Cooked and slept here, too. You know of any reason for anyone killing him? Killing him? Why, land sakes, no. Did he have any money? Well, not a lot. At least ways I don't think he had. How long has he been living here? Well, he was uh, living here when I came. Uh, that was 15 years ago. Do you have any relatives? Well, not that I know of. He used to get some letters from a sister of his, but she died a few years ago. How do you know? Well, I... Uh, how do I know what? How do you know that he used to get letters from his sister? Because he, he'd bring them upstairs for me to read to him. Poor soul. He never had no education, no learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this his cat? Land sakes, it sure is. Oh, he was right fond of it, too. Do you think that Mr. Higgins would pour a dish of milk for the cat and then leave it in the room to die when he killed himself? No. No, I don't think he would. Mr. Higgins wasn't that kind of a man. I see. Uh, give me that note, man. Right. Uh, Mrs. Dugan, uh, do you know a Mr. Torrance? Peter Torrance? Sure, I know him. He's roomed with me for five years. Were he and Dad Higgins good friends? Well, now, I can't answer that. They used to talk a lot down here in the evenings. But as far as being real good friends, I don't know. Would you be surprised if you knew that Dad Higgins had left the shop and everything he had to this fellow Torrance? Well, yes, I would. Uh, here's something, Ed. What's that? I just found a savings account book on this desk. Old man Higgins had nearly $5,000 saved up in the First National. My man! Oh, he did, eh? Well, uh, thank you, Mrs. Dugan. You can get back upstairs now. Come on, Mac. Let's look around downstairs here, then. Yes? Oh, uh, it's you, officer. Yes, we just finished our looking around downstairs, and we wanted to tell Mr. Torrance of his good fortune. Which room does he live in? Uh, right across the hall. Uh, that's it, at number 12. All right, thanks. Oh, uh, is he in? I don't know. Well, we'll see. Hey, what's on your mind, Ed? Wait and see. Not on this door. He's probably out. Wait. What do you want? We're officers of the law. We've got some good news for you. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I ain't done nothing. Well, nobody said you had. Mind if we come in? No, only don't try to pin nothing on me. I'm going straight now. Yeah. Old timer, eh? I've done my bit. Well, maybe things are looking better for you, Pete. You, you knew that Dad Higgins committed suicide. Yeah, yeah, Mrs. Dugan told me it's too bad. Not too bad for you. Look, here's a note. Dad Higgins left everything to you, everything he had. Left me everything? Why? Uh, yeah, but you won't get a chance to use it. Hey, 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 what, what, what are you doing? All right, there. Now, put these on him. Hey, hey. There you go. <laughs> Thought you'd get away with it, didn't you? What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. You killed Dad Higgins. Huh? You throttled him with a big towel so it wouldn't leave any marks, and then you turned on the gas. He left this note so it'd look like a suicide. That's a lie. Oh, is it? You had things pretty well thought out, Torrance. You knew that the old man was alone at night. You knew that he had a savings account with almost $5,000 in it. You knew nearly everything about him except one thing. Uh, what do you mean? Why, you poor dumbbell, you slipped up just like all the other smart guys. Too bad, Torrance, when you wrote that note that you didn't know that old man Higgins never learned to read and write. Welcome back. 
And the moral of the story is not to try and fake a suicide by leaving a uh, holographic will signed by an illiterate guy. Now, once you found out that uh, he couldn't write, there really was just one suspect in the thing. But uh, an interesting story in how the officer's uh, um, determination ended up uh, leading to a result. I'm always, one thing that's really odd about the show uh, is the number of times that somebody will just suggest not doing basic due diligence. Yeah, no, no, don't do any fingerprints. Oh, people make me do fingerprints all the time. Then switch to another department. All right. Well, uh, listener comments and feedback, and we have this from uh, Nora, who says, Love your podcast. I've been listening uh, since the beginning and never miss an episode. I just listened to the police headquarters episode where the doctor murdered his wife and killed himself after... His conscience spoke audibly to him. That ending was really bizarre. However, other than the weird ending, the the case sort of reminds me of the Dragnet episode, The Big Building. The doctor killed his wife in that one, and if I remember correctly, there was a large sum of money involved that the doctor wanted to use for an office building. In the Dragnet episode, he wanted to name the building after himself. I think the doctor even killed himself there, too, though he mentioned... Uh, in the epilogue that he did so in jail. I wonder if that could have been based on the same case. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for doing these podcasts with your commentary, which adds so much to these shows. I've learned a lot about old-time radio detective shows from you. Well, thanks so much, Nora. Um, the answer to the question is, as far as we can determine with police headquarters, unlike a Dragnet or Gangbusters, uh, this series did not use actual cases. Rather, it tried to tell the stories in realistic ways. And we see that sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here on Monday as we bring you Pursuit. And join us on next Saturday for another episode of the lineup, or excuse me, of Police Headquarters. Uh, In the meanwhile, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.